You're listening to the More and Better Disciples podcast, a resource to equip the church to make more and better disciples for Jesus Christ. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the More and Better Disciples podcast. I'm your host, Keith Caps, here with Phil Kramer, lead pastor of Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. How's it going, Phil? Keith, how are you this, today? I'm doing great, doing great. Glad to be here and excited about our topic today on the podcast. What is a disciple and why do we make them? But first, I think we need to address the elephant in the room. No, we don't. Or, or should I say the goat oh, who man. has left the room? And <laughs> the that goat is has left the room. Tom Brady. Uh, man, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. Well, I tell you, man, I got mixed emotions. On the one hand, uh, we didn't see anything last night that Tampa hasn't been doing all season. So it's been a little frustrating. Uh, but honestly, if I'm going to lose to somebody, I'll, I'm, I'll lose to the Cowboys. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a huge Cowboys fan myself, but I, I truly believe that if the Cowboys are doing well, the entire NFL does better. Yeah, I agree. And uh, while I'm not primarily a Cowboys fan, my uh, my grandpa was a big Cowboys fan. That side of the family uh, are still Cowboys fans. So. Which is like the last time that they won a Super Bowl when your grandpa was, you know, a wee lad probably. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Something uh, to cheer about. So, uh, you know, I still have a little feel-goods um, <laughs> and uh, root for him quietly. Um, so, yeah, go Cowboys. But, uh, hey, we want to jump into the topic for today. And like I said, that is what is the disciple and why do we make them? Very interesting topic. And, you know, Phil, um, one of the things that has stood out to me um, here um, at Crossgate is that I hear you talk a lot about um, a disciple and specifically our definition of a disciple. And it's really the first time that, that I've seen a church define what a disciple is and, and really talk about it so much. And, and so we, our definition of a disciple um, is a growing follower of Jesus who lives and loves like Jesus and leads others to follow him. So will you give us an idea of kind of where that came from? How do we arrive there? Well, great question, Keith, because this really is at the heartbeat of what we're doing. And, and I truly believe that if we don't have a target uh, that we're aiming for, then we're never going to hit anything. Uh, certainly there's no shortage of talking about disciples or discipleship in churches, but unfortunately very few churches go beyond just the generic reference to a disciple, and they never take the time to actually define and therefore establish the target of what they're aiming for. So not long before I came to Crossgate Church, I had a, a wonderful opportunity to attend a year-long discipleship cohort uh, through what's called the Bonhoeffer Project, and it's named after Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the, uh, the German pastor who was uh, executed uh, by the Nazis, uh, but his, his passion was discipleship. In fact, one of his most famous books was called The Cost of Discipleship. So there's a guy named Bill Hull who leads the Bonhoeffer cohort, uh, and he was kind of like our distance mentor, and then we had a local pastor who was, uh, who was our main mentor. But one of the key takeaways from this year-long process, and there were many, but we were encouraged and challenged and actually required uh, to develop our own, what Bill Hall calls a viral definition of a disciple. Uh, and of course, we know now when something goes viral, it just means that it, it, it spreads quickly and a lot of people are buying into it and wanting a part of it. And so the idea was to come up with a brief, concise uh, definition of a disciple that is repeatable on a regular basis, that people can memorize. It's, it's short enough for people to commit to memory and internalize. And it's something that that contains all of the basic parts of being a disciple. And that was the assignment we were given. 
so basically, we had two or three months, in addition to other things we were working on, to come up with this definition. And then in this cohort of however many pastors were in this with me, we would share our definitions and we'd give feedback and so forth. So at the end of the cohort, uh, I ended up with this particular definition of a disciple. As far as I know, nobody else has this definition of a disciple, and that's okay. It's not like there's just one exclusive definition. There's many different ways to define it, but the key is you have to get all the right ingredients, and it needs to be short enough where people can actually memorize it. And I'm, I'm happy to say that now, whenever I recite the definition of, of a disciple in our, in our worship services, uh, I see a lot of lips moving out there as they're looking at me, and I can tell that it's begun to to take effect. But you have to use the drip method. You know, the drip method is when you don't necessarily preach an entire message on the definition of a disciple, but you're just you're just kind of dripping it all throughout your teachings, right? So there's a number of not every Sunday, but uh, you know, many times I will r- refer back to our definition of a disciple, and it just needs to be a part of our culture. So. What I did is, uh, is I felt like the Lord was leading me to Mark chapter 1, uh, verses 14 to 17, uh, as kind of the basis for, for what this is all about. And really, the, the main emphasis is on verses 15 and 17, but, but I'll read verses 14 through 17. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. Okay, so now we're talking about something about the gospel, okay? Verse 15, and saying... The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Okay, so a disciple clearly is someone who has to repent and believe. All right, now verse 16. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Okay, so when Jesus said, Follow me, he said a mouthful. In other words, he didn't say, believe certain things about me, but he said, follow me, go all in to become like me. I mean, that's basically, it's the same type of concept as being a disciple as we see Jesus unpack in the Gospels. Uh, Matthew 10, 25, it is enough for a disciple that he should become like his master. So there, there's, there's certain life buy-in they're really, you're going all in. I mean, if you're following Jesus, this is not a, a half-hearted endeavor. And then he says, I will make you become fishers of men. So really what that does is those two or three verses that I just read give us a pretty comprehensive picture in a nutshell of what a disciple should be. And then basically, uh, I took those concepts and, uh, and developed this uh, the disciple definition that we, that we use today. And, and really, we probably don't even talk about it enough at Crossgate Church. But that's kind of the backstory of how we got to the definition that we have. Yeah, that's so good. And I love in verse 17, you know, Jesus says, and I will make you become fishers of men. It implies a process there. That's right. um, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. So thanks so much for sharing that. But let's let's go ahead and kind of unpack what that means. Because like we said, our definition is a growing follower of Jesus who lives and loves like Jesus and leads others to follow him. So there's a lot in that simple, concise statement. And the first part being a disciple is a growing follower. Now, um, it, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but what I think that at its basic level, the word disciple means student or learner, um, correct? But what we're not talking about just someone who studies information, right? We're talking about someone who is 
um, actively following Jesus. And um, the reason why that's important, in, in my opinion, and, and when I understood this, it kind of changed the game, that we got to remember that Jesus was a Jewish rabbi, right? Um, and um, back in that culture, it was a big deal for a rabbi to come to you and say, hey, follow me. Um, and that called that person to to come and literally walk with them, to learn from them as kind of an apprentice, um, to become like them. So it, it wasn't just, hey, check out this book that I just wrote, or, you know, take this 12-part course that I just developed that'll help you to do more miracles and be more holy. Um, it is come and follow me, and, and as you learn from me, you become more like me. So is that, am I thinking correctly on that? How have we sometimes missed that, Bill? Yeah, absolutely. So the Jewish context is when you are attaching yourself to this individual and, uh, and really you're being coached and mentored. Yes, the, the technical word is, is to be taught, one who is taught. But, but it's a life-on-life -life type of proposition, right, where, where you're ultimately uh, hoping to see life transformation, ultimately be, be, become more like the master, more like the teacher. Uh, so there's a key reason why we use the phrase a growing follower of Jesus. First of all, it's most obvious is that in verse 17, Jesus said, follow me. He didn't just say, believe certain things about me. Uh, and, and quite frankly, if, if all you read was verses 14 and 15, specifically where, where it says, and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. If that was all we talked about, you would end up with what Bill Hall calls the forgiveness only gospel. That salvation and praying to receive Jesus and all that is all about repenting and believing. Uh, you're, you're getting forgiveness for your sins, and now you're believing the right things about Jesus, which kind of leads to this idea of Christians being called believers, right? I try to, I, I try to get away from that myself because the idea of being a believer, and there's nothing wrong with the word per se, but, but the idea of, of calling Christians believers is that it seems to limit the Christian experience to as long as you believe the right things about Jesus. That As long as you prayed that prayer years ago and, and you believe the right things about Jesus, well, we're not really making a big emphasis on the, the walk, your, your walk with Jesus, or are you becoming more like Jesus, that kind of thing. And I've noticed in the last 10 years, there has been a concerted effort among a lot of evangelical churches to refer to Christians as Christ followers. You know, you'll even hear people say, you know, you want to become a Christ follower, or we met some Christ followers over there, interchangeably used with the word Christian or believer. And I can understand that. I'm, I'm probably not quite so uh, big on that where I, I feel like I have to say it, but certainly to, to emphasize the fact that Jesus has called us to be his followers and not just believers, I think that's huge. The other emphasis in, in the definition is that we ought to be growing, right? We, I mean, we should be growing, not stagnant, not plateaued, uh, we should be able to look back over our shoulder if we've been a Christian and, and, a, and a Jesus follower long enough, two years, three years, five years, we should be able to put our finger on some significant points of growth. If not, honestly, if someone has never really been a growing follower of Jesus, I wonder if they're really a follower of Jesus at all if they're not growing, right? So there's, there's a big emphasis there. The forgiveness-only gospel, again, probably the, the biggest, uh, I, I guess in some ways I would call it non-gospel or less than less than total gospel, supposedly, uh, you know, in, in a lot of Christian churches is that, again, you prayed the prayer, uh, you, your sins are forgiven, you know you're going to heaven, you believe the right things about Jesus, you're good, 
right? But what I see in the Bible, specifically in the Gospels, but throughout the New Testament, is there, there is an obedience, right? John the Baptist told the, the people that come out to be baptized, produce fruit in keeping with repentance, right? So there's evidence in your life beyond the fact that you say, yes, I believe the right things about Jesus. Yeah, and that's so important, and, and that's kind of my testimony. You know, when I was five or six years old, I, I prayed a prayer, made a profession, but honestly, it was more of I, I didn't want to go to hell, um, you know, obviously wanted to go to heaven to be with my family when I died, but, you know, throughout the years, there was no real desire to follow Christ until about 16 years old um, when, when God um, really showed me that I was not following Him um, and, uh, you know, by God's grace, surrendered my life to follow Jesus and have not been the same since. Well, and you know, here's here's one of the challenges. If if you are emphasizing this aspect of following and obedience uh, to a certain degree, you will be uh, accused of being legalistic, right? Hey man, I'm saved by grace. Why do you have to keep talking about all this obedience stuff? Well, quite honestly, I mean, and and certainly we could we could refer to many scriptures in the New Testament that if, if you say, I mean, think about 1 John. Again, I'm just thinking off, off the top of my head of some of these verses. Think about 1 John. It says, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here in chapter 1 and 2, but if you say you know him and you're not walking like Jesus, you're a liar. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty pointed, right? So so it, I, I almost feel like if, if I'm not being accused by anybody of preaching legalism, I'm probably not truly preaching the gospel within reason. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and what I love about this definition of a disciple is, you know, we talk about a growing follower of Jesus, but in the definition, we define that Yeah. Um, in saying that it's someone who lives and loves like Jesus. So to grow as a follower means that we are living and loving like Jesus more and more. And so to me that, you know, that looks like pursuing personal holiness. Um, it looks like someone who's marked by compassion, um, in how I love God and love others. Um, but certainly as we follow Christ, we should be becoming more like Christ. Um, and so tell me a little bit about what, what that means to live and love like Jesus, Phil. Well, the bottom line is, yes, Jesus said, and I, I shared this earlier, Matthew 10, 25, it is, it is enough for a disciple to become like his master. But, but I want to go back and I want to specifically for our, for our listeners uh, point to those verses that I mentioned a few moments ago. Okay, so First uh, John chapter 2, I'll just do verses 4 through 6. Listen to this. I mean, we're talking about the command and the mandate and the imperative to be like Jesus. Okay, and that's one of the key evidences that you actually are born again. All right, First John 2 beginning in verse 4. Whoever says, I know him. All right, so here's somebody say, I'm saved. Yes, sirree, I'm saved. Whoever says, I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, meaning obeys, there's the obedience piece, in him truly the love of God is perfected. Now listen to this. By this we may know that we are in him. In other words, you say you're a Christian, this is the evidence. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Right? So that kind of goes back to the, uh, the famous book that came out over 100 years ago called In His Steps, written by Charles Sheldon, uh, which, which gave rise to the bracelet craze of 20 years ago, what would Jesus do? Because that was the question in that book. And honestly, the book was more about the social gospel than it was about the saving gospel. But nevertheless, there was an expectation that if you claim to follow Jesus and you believe in Jesus, if your life doesn't reflect that, 
You know, you may not be a believer. You're probably a make-believer. So to, to highlight this in, let's see, how many words is that? Uh, who lives and loves like Jesus. That's six words. To highlight that imperative in six words is critical. Because if a definition of a disciple does not include a challenge to be like Jesus, you don't have a definition of a disciple. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. So we're becoming more like Christ as we grow from following Him. Uh, we're pursuing po- personal holiness, like you said. We are uh, marked by compassion. Um, but then we're also leading others to follow Him, right? So this is not a journey that we are on by our- ourselves. Um, we're also looking to bring others along with us. So what, it, what does that mean, Phil, to lead others to follow Him? Well, first of all, you're, you're encouraging other people to take the exact same step that you've taken, right? At some point in time, presumably, if you're, if you're a born-again follower of Jesus, there was a time when you decided to follow Jesus. And so you're encouraging other people to follow Jesus. You know, we see that in John chapter, uh, John chapter 1, where the disciples, the early disciples were saying, come and see, you know, come and see this guy. Uh, certainly, the, uh, the key scriptures in Mark chapter 1, verse 17, where Jesus says, I will make you to become fishers of men. So there, there, is, there is what we would call an evangelistic emphasis. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, although technically this is the King James translation, as I learned it years ago, Proverbs 11.30, he who wins souls is wise. wise yeah. Right. It's been a long time since we've heard people described as soul winners. Uh, and honestly, I don't know very many soul winners today, people who truly have a burden for lost people and are going out of their way intentionally and consistently to lead others to follow Jesus. Again, if there is not that reaching aspect of a, of a definition of a disciple in line with what Jesus says in Mark chapter 1, verse 17, it's not a legitimate definition of a disciple. It, it might be an inward focused. Think about it. Right, a growing follower of Jesus who lives and loves like Jesus—that's pretty non-threatening. I can just keep going to Bible studies for the rest of my life, and in Bible conferences, and, and listen to Christian music, and all just this very in this inward-focused existence. But if you don't have an outward focus to lead others to follow Jesus, I doubt whether you're truly a disciple. Yeah, definitely. Jesus um, set the example of um, being evangelistic, and so we as a a follower of Christ, someone who's becoming more like him, you definitely cannot uh, leave that out. But um, so, yes, there's an evangelism emphasis, but it's not just um, leading people to follow him initially, although it's never less than that. Um, It's also encouraging people to continue following him, even after they've made that initial decision. Excellent point, because in many cases, what we have been uh, told is evangelism over the years is, again, we're helping other people to make that initial step, right? Again, go back to Mark chapter 1, verse 15. Most evangelistic strategies pour all of their time and energies into verse 15, right? I'm helping other people to repent and believe, to turn from their sin, receive forgiveness, and believe the right things about Jesus. Boom, you're good. Now I'm off to the next person. Follow up, what's that, right? The, the, the discipleship process, what's that? That's one of the reasons why I love our discipleship group or D group concept. That's a different podcast for a different day. We'll get to that eventually. But but I just I love the fact that that we are are equipping people to follow Jesus with their lives and not just uh, believe the right things about Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely an evangelistic 
commitment, but also a commitment to discipleship. Uh, all of that goes into leading others to follow him. And in fact, I think on the next podcast, we're going to kind of tackle that, going back to our mission as a church, making more and better disciples. We're going to talk about the difference in the two and which one is more important. Um, and so uh, that's going to wrap up our time for today. Thank you so much for your time, Phil. Thanks, and, Steve. And uh, looking forward to being together next week. Yep. God bless, brother. Thank you for listening to the More and Better Disciples podcast, a ministry of Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. To learn more, join us on our website, crossgate.org.